Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. I can't live like this anymore. I want out. I'm done. I remember saying those words. But then it's so weird because it's like those words never happened. It's like they never existed. So you say this to your spouse, totally exhausted, meaning every word, you are done. But then this strange thing happens. You're still in the home together. There you are in the house. Maybe it's dinner time. Well, now what do we do? And you might have said these words and maybe you left for a while or maybe they left for a while, but evening comes and now what? Do I cook dinner for my family? Um, are we going to sit at the table and eat? Are we going to watch TV? What, what do we do? It, it's like you're in the twilight zone all of a sudden. And it can feel like the conversation never actually happened. Like they might even come back in and, and return back to normal life. Like, hey, what's for dinner tonight? What's for dinner tonight? You want to scream. I just told you I went out. I'm done. What's for dinner? It's such a weird part of this journey. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. And thank you for joining me today. Today, I'm going to talk about this journey of going through the divorce process. Making the decision to divorce your spouse is the hardest decision I've ever made in my entire life. It's a personal decision, and it's a tough one. And in this episode, I want to talk about this surreal place that happens once you know divorce is coming, but until you actually get there. So I was in a 20-year marriage. And divorce had been coming for quite a while. My husband and I, we were struggling to have any form of a regular conversation. Everything was ending in defensiveness and upset feelings. No topic was safe. And when I mean no topic was safe, I mean no topic. Not a grocery store run, not how was your day today. No topic was safe. And the distance between us was huge. I had tried everything I knew to try to fix this marriage, including deep honesty with my husband. From the point at which I knew I was done to the time I actually filed for divorce was about two years. Now, these two years started with me telling him I'm done. Like, I don't have anything left in me. I don't have anything left to give. And that that conversation happened. I told him that I, I wanted out. And when he asked, this is kind of where this started, is he asked if I would marry him again. This was on the anniversary of, of the day he proposed to me. And he asked if I would ever marry him again. And I told him no. He knew I was done. But from there was still almost two years to the time I filed for divorce. So what happened in those two years? At the beginning, I was not in a position ready for divorce, not mentally, emotionally, psychologically, financially, or any other way. So I just began the journey of healing. I've talked many times about the steps of the healing journey in these podcast episodes, and I do offer a more concise package in both my individual and group coaching sessions. You can definitely learn more about these steps and, and make them more personal you know, for you. Just reach out to me anytime. Besides healing, okay, that was one part of what happened during this time. One of the steps that I took was also to contact a couple of divorce attorneys. This was two years before I filed. I did two free consultations so that I could determine who I wanted to use. But more importantly, during these consultations, I asked a lot of questions. I used the time to get some answers and some guidance. One of the attorneys made a very valuable recommendation. 
She told me I should set a date that is the furthest out that I would actually file for divorce. And then just start taking the steps. Start taking the steps in that direction one step at a time. I could always move the date sooner if I needed to, but having the date in my mind was actually helpful. It made it feel more organized. And now this journey had a little more focus to it. It took the question of when out of my mind for a while, and that certainly helped. My family and friends, they knew that, you know, that this is where I was and this was what was going on. And so they began asking, actually, when are you going to file? I didn't know. And I told them, look, I don't know, but I am confident that I will know when it is time. Every day just didn't feel like the right time yet, but that was okay because every day I just did the next right thing to get me closer to ready. And these steps, they ranged from packing up some sentimental family items that I didn't want to fight over. It was taking one of the boys, you know, to our trusted and amazing counselor that I had. It included documenting things that happened that week or even things that had happened 10 years ago so I could get my thoughts straight. It included talking with his mom about what was going on. One step at a time. I just put things into place, not only for the impending divorce, but also for the necessary healing for me and for our boys. So what about what happened at home? This is an awkward time in the relationship. And a lot of people that I work with voice this weird space that exists. You've told them you want a divorce and it doesn't actually happen yet. You tell them you're done. You tell them the marriage is over. But here you are still in the same house, existing in everyday life. Well, it's very common for the covert narcissist at this point to act as though these conversations never happened. They'll simply move back into everyday life. And they kind of expect that you will too. They might greet you the next morning with, hey, how are you? Did you sleep well? As though nothing ever happened. They might even offer a date night or, hey, you want some intimacy time or they'll be playful, they'll be happy, acting as if everything's good. They might even start planning a family vacation. A family vacation? I don't even want to sit at the table with you, let alone go on a trip together. For you, this can seem totally surreal. I thought I was in the twilight zone. I remember thinking, the conversation last night was real, right? It actually happened, right? You were there, right? Or did, did I dream this? Did I just step into a time machine or something? What in the world is going on? I do believe at this point, if you just pretend that nothing ever happened, then things would go back to this weird kind of normal you have with them, like this status quo, until it all starts over again. That's where brinkmanship comes in. And I, I did an episode on brinkmanship. They will push you to the edge until you react to them. And then they'll come back to this normal. And then they'll push you to the edge again until you react. And then they'll come back to this normal. And they just keep doing that. They're back and forth. Well, if they have now pushed you over the edge, I'm done. They don't realize that. They think you're just going to pull you right back into this normal place again. When you've actually decided, that you are done. The cycles that are going on with them still happen. But now you're watching it. You'll see the love bombing all over again. They'll make nice treating you all wonderful and being so cooperative until they're not. Then comes the devaluing, the discarding, and repeating of the cycle. But now instead of being hooked into the cycle with them, you're just watching it. It's almost like you're watching a movie. And this perspective is quite eye-opening and shocking. I do want you to know it is okay to keep peace during this time while you are moving towards divorce. 
You don't have to stay mad and defensive. You don't have to be angry at them the day you actually file for divorce. I did not want to live in a hostile environment while I was going through the preparations of divorce. He moved forward as though nothing ever happened, and I let him. I had been honest with him. I had told him, but I did not need to keep repeating it, and in fact, I chose not to. If he chooses not to believe me, that's on him. So I simply continued getting things ready for divorce. I worked on my own emotional and mental health. I focused on my relationship with my boys. I learned about our family finances and worked to get more financially stable. I reestablished friendships and, and relationships with family that I had jeopardized in this marriage. Every day, I just did the next right thing. So how did I know when it was time? By the time we got to the divorce itself, I had done so much healing work that this step was not nearly as scary as it would have been two years earlier. When I set that date for divorce, I actually set it for when my youngest son turned 18. And at the time, that was four years away. He was 14 at this time. And I did end up moving it sooner by two years. In August of that year, our older son had gone off to college, and I was concerned about this change in the household dynamics. And as I feared, our younger son now became the new target for my husband. For whatever reason, my husband decided that now he needed to fix his relationship with our younger son. Well, what this means in reality is that our son now needs to put more effort into the relationship and make his dad feel better about himself as a father, because now his dad is telling him everything he's ever done wrong in life. The conversations that, were brought, that, that this brought were extremely painful to my son. I've been on the receiving end of so many of those conversations. You get told that you are to blame for everything. That all the things you have ever done wrong are all a stab at him. Everything gets turned around and used against you. You feel not good enough, completely empty, and painfully worthless. These conversations started to happen on a daily basis, and I watched as our son became more and more distant from the world and more and more angry, and I said, no, this is not going to happen. It's time. Now, I had known for several years, that, like I said, that divorce was coming, and I had poured every ounce of energy I had into helping this marriage. That I could, I could walk away knowing I had done everything that I could do to try to fix this marriage trying to connect with my husband on a deeper emotional level in hopes that we would draw closer. I had exhausted every resource I had, plus created some I didn't even know existed. I reached out to everyone that could have helped us, helped him, helped me. Nothing ever changed. My hopes had been crushed so many times that I felt like roadkill on the side of the highway. My fuel tank was completely dry. So when that day came that it was time for divorce, I just knew it was time. It was just. It, I was ready. My son was ready. Both of my boys were ready. It was time for this to happen. The first day ever that I felt like the next step was actually to file for divorce came. I couldn't believe it. I always had said that I would know. And somehow, yeah, I just knew. The day I had been waiting for, for two years, was just here. As this realization came to me, I became aware that even my body had known. You see, about a month earlier, I ran a fever for almost a week, and there was no reason for this fever. I wasn't actually sick. I didn't have a cold or a bug. Every day, I woke up feeling okay, but by the afternoon, I had a fever of 102. I drank a ton of water. I took my vitamins. I slept extra. I took a couple days off work. I did all the things that I know to do 
but nothing was helping. Realizing that I wasn't going to beat this, I finally went to the doctor, and after checking me over, she said, I'm not sure what this is. I think maybe you have some type of infection, and she gave me an antibiotics, and it did clear it up. The fever did go away for a little while, but over those next few weeks, there were times that I really felt like that fever was coming back. The back of my neck and the inside of my head was so incredibly hot. I even had wondered, you know, okay, am I having hot flashes? I was a little young for that, but maybe. I didn't know. The problem was this fever, this feeling of a fever, would last for like half a day. Well, that's not a hot flash. I checked my temperature often, but it came back normal all the time. On the inside, I felt like my blood was boiling. I could feel that fever burning hot. I asked one of my friends multiple times, you know, hey, do I feel hot to you? And each time she said no. And when I asked on repeated days, she finally said, hey, what's up? I told her the fever's back, but it's only on the inside. I really felt like something was starting to be very wrong with my body. I had reached a point that even my body could not take the stress level anymore. It was reacting and trying to get my attention. And if this continued, I do believe I really would have paid a very high price. So I listened. I told my family that it was time. I was truly done and it was time to file. I waited until the weekend so that we had more time to talk about it. I didn't want him to have to go back to work the very next day. So I was going to do this on a Saturday. Everyone was nervous about how he would react. Would he explode in a rage? Would he turn violent? Would he melt down with crocodile tears? I didn't know. But I reached a point it didn't matter anymore. So I told him. I said I wanted out of the marriage. I said it was time. I said I didn't want to try to fix this any longer. That I didn't have the energy to pour into it. I'm done. I told him I was sorry. This is not what I had planned. And that I was going to file on Monday. I waited for his response. Tears started forming in his eyes, tears I had, you know, had not seen almost through our entire marriage. And he said to me, I have to admit that I'm, I'm not surprised. Okay. He went on to say that he hated this and really doesn't understand how we ended up here. And he cried actual tears. I'm going to miss my family so much. Really? The family that when we spend time together, you hide in a corner and play games on your phone? The family that you tell us all the time how bad we are, how wrong we are, and that you react to us all the time? I didn't respond to his, to his words. I just sat there. So he changed his approach. He cried more tears saying how much he'd missed the house. Really? The house that you've been trying to get us to move out of for like five years? A year ago, you know, he had actually talked me into considering building a brand new home together. We'd chosen a lot, a floor plan, everything. And now he's going to miss the house? Again, I just didn't react. I didn't give any attention to his tears. I just sat there. So he moved on. Now he calmly told me that he thinks I'm a very angry person. He said to me that he thinks I don't realize how angry I am and that maybe it's on a subconscious level. Really? Me? The one who has repeatedly, he has repeatedly told me that he's never met anyone who works so hard on themselves as I do. He has told me this so many times, but now he's throwing all the anger at me. Again, I just didn't react. So he shifted once more. He told me how he thinks that he's done nothing but show support and love to his family. He stated that he has supported all of our endeavors. He talked about how he's gone to all of our tournaments, how he's been there, you know, been there in support of all of us. And I thought to myself, you mean the one who sat in the corner on his phone again, playing games? even slept in the corner of the gym while his kids, his boys were competing. But I didn't say any of these things. I was done. 
he asked me if he could have a week to think about it. Please don't file on Monday. Give me one week. And I didn't want to. I was really reluctant to this. And I said, why? What difference will that make? And he said, you know, you've had time to think about this. You've had time to prep. And I said, hey, this is not a surprise to you. You started by telling me you're not surprised by this. And he goes, can I just ask for one week? I gave in very reluctantly. And after some persistence from him, I agreed. Well, the conversation ended there and I left the house to go run some errands. There's a ton of power in not reacting to them. It's taken me years to fully learn this, but it definitely worked that day. I walked away calm and feeling okay about how this had all gone. When I returned to the house a few hours later, I offered to make some dinner and he said, no, thanks. I don't think I could eat. You know, again, he was just too upset. I said, okay, suit yourself. But I was starving for the first time in weeks. I fixed a dinner for my son and myself, and I chowed down. I was so relieved at having taken this massive step. If you are to the point of telling them that you want a divorce and you're struggling with how to go about it, please listen to your heart. Do what's right for you. I have people ask me all the time, should I tell them in person, by text, by email, by phone, with a friend, alone? I can't seem to find the right way. There is no right way. Okay, they're going to be upset no matter which way you do it. So why are you working so hard to find the right way for them? Find the right way that's the right way for you. When I say there's no right way, there's also no wrong way. Ask yourself what feels right for you. What is the right path for your heart? And then just do it. So what happened after filing for divorce? Part two of this is next week. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are CNG as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing.